Happy New Year. We made it to 2022. Anyone have any doubts? At any point. Come on. We made it to 2022. I, I don't know, maybe you're like me and a little disappointed. I, I thought by, you know, when I was a kid, by 2022, everybody would have flying cars. I don't see those, so I, mean, I feel like the, the childhood cartoon that I grew up with, the Jetsons, kind of lied to me a little bit. A, a little bit, because I, I wish we were flying, especially with the roads like this. How many of you want a flying car? Yes. Um, I, I don't think the Jetsons, like, lied to us fully, because we do have robots that vacuum for us. I mean, come on, that's a beautiful thing. My wife tells me to vacuum. Psh, done. Love it. Uh, 2022, we've made it here <clears throat> through uh, 2020 and 2021. We made it. Just think over the last couple years of everything that our society faced, everything that we faced, and thank you, Lord, that we made it to this point. Um, I I, I just uh, remember thinking this week back to the younger, more innocent me in January 2020. We're going to see clearly it's going to be a great year, and then wham, right? Right? I asked this question on my, my Facebook because I was just thinking about it. If I could go back in time to the start of 2020 and, and give myself a word of warning, word of caution, word of advice, what would I have told myself? Right? Don't you wish you could go back in time to your younger self and tell yourself some things like, oh, be careful. I was thinking about this, so I posted it on Facebook, just kind of asking, you know, hey, Facebook world, because um, Facebook knows everything, right? We know anything you want to know, just post it on Facebook and you'll find out. Um, I posted it, and I just said, hey, if you could go back, what would you say to yourself? And some of the responses are interesting. I had a, a few people say I'd invest in Zoom. Uh, Pastor Caleb said he'd invest in, um, what was it, GameStop? Uh, yeah, yeah, come on, make some money. I would have known that. Uh, I, but, but for the most part, people, like, just it hit me with, like, some really serious and hard things. Like, and somebody wrote, um, a lot of people wrote, I'd turn off the TV. I'd turn off the news. I'd turn off my Facebook, my Instagram. I wouldn't listen to that stuff. Because my, how that has impacted us, right? And if you could go back in time and tell yourself that. I had somebody write this. I'd hug my mom more. I had somebody write this. I'd stay present. Just be present in that situation. Understand the gift of that moment. Don't be looking forward to something. I mean, yes, we, we look forward and hope, but I'd stay present. I'd be in the moment. I'd have a lot of people, they wrote, I wouldn't accept the fear. There's been a lot of it. And a lot of people say things along the lines of this, I just learned to trust Jesus. Come on. <laughs> we all need to get a little better at that, amen? I had somebody write this one. I, I'd, I'd remind myself to enjoy the little things because one day I'll realize they were the big things. You, you look through these past years and, and if I could go back in time and tell myself to prepare I would. But here's the thing, we can't. And I'd love to get up here in front of you today and say 2022, here's the prophetic vision for 2022 and what's going to happen. I'm not a prophet. <laughs> I don't know what 2022 will bring. None of us do. But, but what I see as we look down the, uh, the hope of this coming year, I hear a lot of people saying this, and I've said it, I'm guilty, so I'm not pointing fingers. But saying something along the lines of this, I'm just waiting for life to get back to normal. How many of you said it? Like, I just want life to get back to normal, like 2019 normal, right? And as I prayed about this, I'd love to sit, stand up here and say, guess what? 2022 is going to be normal again. I can't. 
Because what I know to be true is this, that, and, and this, I don't want to be a downer, but normal's gone. Normal's gone. It's, uh, that ship has sailed. We're going we're gonna to come into a new normal. We're going to come into a new blessing and a new stride. We're going to find that. But I, what I want to talk to us about today is, is this idea that we can't just be sitting around waiting for normal to come back to get our lives back on track. If we're waiting for normal, we're going to be sitting here a long, long time. And there's a danger in waiting for normal, waiting for what was normal. Because if we sit in a holding pattern and do nothing different, what will happen is we'll become and we'll begin to look like the culture around us. Because if you don't decide where you're going to go and, and who's going to speak into your life, the world will decide for you, won't it? I've seen too many people stuck in a waiting pattern. It's time, and what I'm calling myself and my family and, and, and all of us too, is we make a change and we're going to be different this year. We're going to be followers of Jesus. We're going to choose to change. I remember growing up, uh, I, I, was, I was a child of the 80s. Come on, 80s. Woo! 80s. Uh, one of my heroes was Mr. T. Yeah, come on. I mean, just the, the I mean, he was, he was it. Mr. T was awesome. I wanted to be Mr. T. On the A-team, Mr. T was my favorite. And, and when I was growing up, they had this campaign, and Mr. T's campaign, be somebody or be somebody's fool. Like, a lot of us, you don't, want, you don't even like saying that word, but it was a campaign to us kids. Like, don't, don't fall into peer pressure. Don't let the world decide for you. You decide for yourself. Be somebody. And, and that, it worked, because I'm older now, and it's not the 80s. And I remember Mr. T saying, thank you, Mr. T, you're the man. Um, but it's, it's this idea that we can't let the world decide for us on how we're going to live, how we're going to respond, where we're going to go. We need to decide to follow Jesus because if we let the world decide and choose for us, it will. It will. We need to be proactive in this. What I'm calling us to this is this. Direction is purpose. Decide. This is a year that I'm not going to let the, the culture decide for me. I'm going to keep going. And I love what Pastor Rob said as our, as our challenge just a little bit ago. We're not going to go back, go, do what the culture's doing and live how the culture's living and think how the culture's thinking. We are going to be different this year, regardless of the climate around us. And, and that's kind of my main point and my main challenge is this, I don't know what 2022 will bring. I, I, I pray that it is great and all this stuff is behind us and we get out of this. But regardless of what happens, even if there's a new thing that hits us, I'm not going to let 2022 decide for me. I'm going to decide. And here's the challenge. Do not conform to the climate of our culture. We're going to choose to be different. I'm going to choose to be different. I'm not going to conform to this world. And that's what I'm calling us to, to today. Romans chapter 12. As I was preparing, this is kind of a standalone message. Next week we're going to start into a series lit, uh, that Pastor Rob will uh, lead us through. Every year and a few weeks ago, I began to pray, God, what is it you have for me and my family? And I challenge all of you to ask God that. God, what is a verse, what is a scripture that can be our theme, our direction as a family? And that's really what I want to talk about today. Romans chapter 12. It's a verse that maybe you've heard before. If you haven't, I challenge you to memorize it and underline it. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We cannot live like the climate of our culture. We have to be different. 
but how? But how? How do we do this? How do we make this practical? The good news is a few verses later, Paul makes that very, very practical. And this is what I want to read in Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read 9 through 21. And we're going to kind of park there and dissect this a little bit. But before I read this, let's pray. Lord, help us. God, I pray that you would just open our hearts and our minds to receive from you. God, I pray every single person in this room and watching online would let the Holy Spirit begin to shape and mold them. And we would become the church, the people, the followers of Christ that you're calling us to be. That this would be a year where we are louder than ever with our faith and our hope and the love of Jesus Christ in and through us. In Jesus' name, everybody said? I'm going to read Romans 9. Uh, Romans chapter 12, 9 through 21. A little bit here, but I want you to listen very carefully. And if you underline in your Bible, go through and underline there. Maybe you're taking notes. Write down something that jumps out to you as I read. Here's what it says. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. You, t- you, you talk about not being conformed to the patterns of this world, be transformed by the renewing of, renewing of your mind, and you want to get very, very practical, Paul spells it out right here. In fact, I think maybe so practical that as I read that, I'm like, <laughs> what? How do I do any of that? Start at number one. Let love be genuine. Oh, Lord, I need help. <laughs> Put a period there, because I take all of 2022 to figure that one out, right? We read so much there that's just overwhelming. Paul is writing to a church in Rome who needed to hear this. Because at this time, Nero was, was, was coming into power soon, and, and he would be the, the, the champion of, of uh, attacking the church and, and killing Christians. But they were in a time where the Jewish people already got kicked out of Rome. They were kind of invited back. The, Jew, the, the Roman people would, were welcoming to any religion You have a religion? Come on. As long as part of it was worshiping the emperor. As long as you put that one in your statements of faith. Well, we know that doesn't line up with the word of God, with Christianity. So there was coming a a, a time that it was very anti-Christian. The persecution of the church was growing and was going to get huge. In fact, some of these very people would begin to lose their lives for their faith. And so what Paul was writing was here's how I want you to live in a society that doesn't believe in what you believe or back what you believe. How to live as Christians. In fact, this section in my Bible says this, marks of a true Christian. 
or I read in my, one of my other Bibles says, uh, love in action. This is what it looks like. And this is what, I, as I pray for my family and myself, like, God, this is what I want to be. All of the little practical things in there, I want to start to put in my life. I want to begin to look like this in a world that looks nothing like this. <laughs> How do we do that? How do we unpack everything Paul just said? That was a lot. I think if we look at this very carefully, I'd love to go through every single word in that section. In fact, do a study on it. It'd be great. But what I found as I studied is Paul really has put these things in, in what I, I'm going to call two different baskets. A lot of what he says fits into one of these two different baskets. The first basket is this, our interactions with others. How we interact with other people. Uh, th this would be th the way that you go into a conversation. This would be the way that you treat people. Um, I'm going to call this our interpersonal skills, our personality, our social skills, how we treat others. Our, our, our views on other people. When we go to work, our family, our spouse, our interactions with others. In one basket, Paul gives some great advice on how to deal with our interactions. But there's a second basket I think we could put a lot of this stuff into. And it is our reactions to others. How we react to things beyond our control. I, I, we're calling this our intrapersonal. How, how we react to, to people who don't believe what we believe. Who are very anti what we believe. People who are at work that you just cannot stand. People you don't see eye to eye with politically. How do we react to other people when what they're saying is, is not something we agree with. I think when we look at what Paul says, we have these two baskets and we need to look into these very, very carefully because I believe in this is what God is calling us, the church, to be in 2022. It's nothing new. This stuff isn't new. It's just going back to really what we're called to be, not be side-railed or, or, or distracted by anything else. So I want to look at these two baskets and I want to take some of these verses, not all of them, we don't have time, but I just, I, I want to put them in the basket and look at them one at a time. The first thing he says in that first back basket are interactions with others. How do we act? Number one, let love be genuine. That's a hard one. I mean, it's easy to say, let love be genuine. It's harder to do, isn't it? What I know about society, what I know about any human, is we can spot fake love. We may not be able to define it, but we know when it's fake. What Paul is saying here is this, and you need to be free of hypocrisy. You need to work at loving people. Let love be genuine. I'm not, not perfect at it, but, but what I've learned in my, my amount of time on this planet is if for love to be genuine, it really requires three things. For real love to, ha to, to, to happen, it requires maturity. We have to get to the place where we grow up and realize love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. I'm going to choose to love. That is hard. Anybody been married for any length of time knows this is true. Anybody who has children knows this is true. i got to realize I'm going to choose to love you. Even though right now, it's hard. We need maturity for love to be genuine. Real love requires Patience. Patience with each other. Patience with somebody who, who's, who's coming alongside of you and may not be going the speed you're going. Patience to walk alongside them in life. 
Real love requires patience. And then finally, real love requires commitment. That I'm going to, to, to do this. Even though we don't agree, I'm sticking with you. I got your back. We're walking through this. I'm beside you. Even though all the, the, the climate around us is telling us to divide, separate, because you don't agree on these little things. Real love requires a commitment that says, I'm in. I know you're not perfect and neither am I. But that's what genuine love looks, at, looks like. And that's tough. This is hard stuff. But this is what I want to look like in this coming year. This is one of my goals, my New Year's resolution. I want my love for others to be genuine. He, he says, uh, again, I want to take another verse in this basket. Out, verse 10, outdo one another in showing honor. How many of you are competitive? Here's where the challenge comes up. We want to live that we outdo others. Now, it's not like a, I'm better than you because look at me. My score is higher. No, that's not what this is about. It's about I want my life to challenge you to do the same, but to show honor everywhere. This idea of showing honor is to put value on somebody. That the way I treat you, the way that we interact, I want you to walk away going, I feel valuable. I want my, my wife to, at the end of the day, to, to know she feels valuable. My kids, you feel valuable. People I work with. Somebody I drive beside on the freeway. I want them to feel valuable. I don't know if you ever uh, scroll through Instagram or Facebook. They have these things called reels. And I don't know. I, I, I confess, I get caught up in reels sometimes. You just reel. Like, oh, that's, that's good. I, I came across this one that just really, really says this to me. I want you to watch this. I don't know if you've seen this one, but this is awesome. <laughs> I love that. Making others feel valuable. Here's what I want to tell you in 2022. Your biggest wins in 2022 will be helping others get their win. Helping others, serving others, outdoing one another in showing honor and value our interactions with other people. So we have, have a few of these. Here's another one, verse 13. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Here's the challenge. In 2022, can you live generously with my time, my money, what I go, where I go, what I do? Can you live generously? And this involves, it looks like a lot of things. I know and we talk about it a lot, but, but even, even tithing. And I know when you hear pastors say, oh, he's talking about tithing. Uh, oh, he's, he's a pastor. Listen, we say this not because we want anything from you. We want more for you than we want from you. When we learn to live generously, we break the power of greed over us and we unlock the blessing of the Lord. If I want to see the blessing of God in my life in this coming year, I need to live generously in my tithes, in my missions, in, in, how, in how I give to missions, in how I serve other people, and how I live generously with what I have. I need to be like this in 2022. In my interactions with others, I put myself aside. I'm not going to hoard. I'm not going to be greedy. I'm going to live generously. 
I'm going to look for opportunities to bless others. I would challenge you to think about that this year. Verse 13, another one in this basket. Seek to show hospitality. I, I honestly think hospitality is a dying art. Especially in the last two years when we were told to go in, shut the door, barricade the walls. Be safe is what I'm going to say first. But we need to be a people who follow Jesus who learn hospitality in a greater way this year than we ever have before because it's going to speak volumes. Open your doors. Open your heart. Find ways to serve and, 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 and be hospitable towards others. It's, it's going to be completely countercultural. How, what does that look like for you and your family? Be inventive. Maybe you don't have a place for it. Invite people over to your house. Find a way. Take them to coffee. Sometimes being hospitable is just hanging out with people in the right situation and, and, and serving others. Hey, can I take that garbage for you? I, be inventive. This is one that, that my wife and I are praying about. We want to have people over to the house more often. I want to be hospitable. I mean, interactions with others. I love that along these lines, I'm always reminded of Hebrews 13 too, where it says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by, by so doing, some people have shown hospitalities to angels without even knowing it. I love that verse. I'm like, I, I, I want to serve people because it's a blessing to them, but, but who knows that the person that you're serving may be a messenger from the Lord. Every single person needs to be treated that way that you come in contact with. How are you doing on hospitality? Here's another one in this interactions basket, verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. We need to be in this coming year a people who know how to sympathize with others. We need to learn sympathy. Some of you are gifted here. Others of us need to learn it. <laughs> I got to work on this. Sympathy is this, the ability to share in other people's feelings. The ability to, to kneel down with them when they're struggling. The ability to celebrate their wins. Like this kid on the basketball court. I celebrate your win. I gain nothing from your win other than celebrating with you. And that blessing is amazing. I, I need to be able to get on people's levels. The greatest single enemy to sympathy is a focus on yourself. But the greatest gift is getting that focus off of ourselves. Because what we'll see is the, un, is the blessing of God be poured out. And you're going to see way more wins when you're able to celebrate other people's wins. It becomes your win. When you see people hurting, do you have the time and capacity to stop and sit with them and shed a tear with them? What would it look like if we became these kind of people? Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. And, and one more in this basket. Don't be haughty, don't be proud, but associate with the lowly. Don't think of yourself greater than you really are. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. Don't be too busy to serve. Don't be too busy to spend time. The world is going to demand time, demand that you be in places. But carve out time, live with margin, that you can spend time with the people that need it. That God would open your eyes. These are our interactions, so many things that, that, that we want to work on. And I challenge you, maybe that's overwhelming, all of those things in this basket. Just pick one. Just work on one of those. And you're going to see it's going to change everything. But there's this other basket that I'll, I'll confess is a lot harder to do. It's our reactions to others. 
it's how we treat those who are doing things that are beyond our control, who are doing things to purposely hurt you. This is where countercultural is going to speak loud and clear, be, be a bright light in a dark area. Our reactions to other people. What does Paul write in Romans? What does he write to the church in Rome? There's a couple I want to put in this basket. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. I don't like that one. <laughs> because it's the, 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 the man in me says, nope, you persecute me, you're done. I want nothing to do with you. And in fact, I'm going to get you. <laughs> the Bible tells us we need to love them. Here's the deal. You cannot miss this fact. Love is not fair. Love is not fair. I see it in Jesus Christ. He came with love and they killed him. See, we live in a society and a culture that says everything needs to be fair and equal playing field. It's just not true. Because what I define as fair, you probably don't define as fair. A good friend of mine always says it this way, fair is not fair. But we live trying to love only when it's fair. All right, I'll love you because you've earned it now. He says, bless. Don't just love them, but bless them. Bless those who persecute you. And then we get to another one, verse 18. And I love this one because of all, all uh, the things that Paul writes. He says, if possible... So far as it depends on you, live at peace. See, Paul gets it. There are people, and we all know, don't say any names. We all know people who are just living at peace with you is impossible. And if you don't know them, maybe you're them. Just kidding. Not, no, not, not, not really. None of you here. He says, if possible, meaning there are some people that you just might have to distance yourself a little bit from because they're just... Peace is not something that's on their radar. He says, if possible. And then he gives one more disclaimer. As far as it depends on you. This is where our reactions come in. Because typically what happens is if somebody's hard to live with, we respond likewise. And what Paul is saying, as far as it depends on you, live at peace. Be a peacemaker. Build that bridge back. There are people that, oh, I, I get it. Maybe we just need to stay a little bit of distance because peace is just not something possible. That's why Paul says, if possible. I, I'm not going to give up on it. The bridge is always there, but there's a time for our health. We're going to just be separate a little bit. I don't hate you. If, if you got hate in your heart, you got, we got to deal with that. Because if possible, so far as it depends on you, live at peace. Like, Paul, you've given me a little bit of hope, but a really big challenge. This is not an easy thing to do. Because people are going to say things. People are going to do things. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live at peace. Verse 19, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. I don't like that one either, because what it's saying is that Pastor Adam can never be an avenger. I think I'd make a good one. I think I look good. If possible. No, no, no. What he's saying is um, never avenge yourself. Take that picture down. Yes, get rid of it. That was, that was painful. We want revenge, don't we? I want to get back. It's like the manly thing to do. If you hit me, I'm going to hit you right back and harder. 
is never avenge yourself. If you have a problem in this area of getting revenge, it typically means we have a problem with trusting God. We don't trust that God can avenge. We don't trust that he has his best. The Bible says turn the other cheek. The Bible says if they ask for your, your coat, give them your tunic as well. If they tell you to go a mile, go two. Never avenge, but trust that God has the best. Verse 20, and I'll get through these last ones just real quick. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. This is a hard one too, isn't it? We like to serve people, hey, homeless on the street. Hey, I want to serve, I want to serve. But notice he says, if your enemy. Highlight that, circle it, underline it, because these are the people we don't want to give water to. We don't want to bless. He says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. In this way, it, it, what he says is it heaps burning coals on. I'm like, yeah, get him. Now, that can't be our reasoning, right? That's not my motivation. Vengeance is the Lord's, not mine. But what happens is when we, we go out of our way to bless, they notice and it impacts them. He says, finally, overcome evil with good. There are so many things here that, that are challenging to me. We have these two baskets that I need to work on, my interactions and my reactions. God, help me. This is, again, nothing new, nothing radical, nothing mind-blowing here. This is, as I pray, it says, God, how do you want me to react in this, this season, in this time? And, I, and God drew me to Romans 12 and said, this is how I want you to live. This is what I want you to challenge your family to live. Just simply love others greater than you ever have before. Be a people of love. And I know there are some people when they hear a message like this, they're like, ah, oh, another fluffy love sermon from the pastor. Love all, great. But I'm not talking about this fluffy, warm, bunny-hugging love. This love is powerful. This love is warrior love. This love is world-changing love. And I believe this is what God is calling the church and his people to be better at than ever. I believe that we are called to be better at loving than the world is at hating. I heard a pastor say that. I'm like, yes, that's it. We need to be better at loving than the world is at hating. We live in a world that is divisive and says, fight, live for your own, get away from those, those others who are not like you. And the Bible says, no, love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. I, I think as I look in the, back, the past two years, and, and i got to say I've been guilty of it, so I'm not pointing fingers. But I think a lot of us believers have been fighting some of the wrong fights. We've been focusing on the, the, the minority, the, the, the minor things. When God calls us to this, there's been a lot of things in the past two years with the pandemic and politics that have caused some of us to say things we shouldn't, to think things about others that got to be careful. We need to be a church, that's, a people that says Jesus loves you and leaves it there. I've seen too many people, I'll be careful how I say this, but I've seen too many Christians say Jesus loves you in one breath and the very next breath say things like, let's go Brandon. My brothers, this should not be so. He said, I don't agree with everything going on politically. 
But the minute we start to disrespect people in authority, doesn't mean we've got to agree. I'm not saying don't vote and don't, get, don't, don't uh, uh, go after things that are politically in your, your, your beliefs. But once we start attacking people in authority, what the Bible says is we're under a curse. Read Romans 13, the next chapter. All I'm saying is this, and I'm not pointing fingers and telling you that you're doing something wrong. I'm saying the church needs to get back to being what we really should always be about, loving God and loving people. I love what Pastor Rob says this all the time. And, and, and as I read, it's, it's no mistake that, that as I pray, God, what's for my family? It's along the same lines as Pastor Rob is, is believing for our church, and you're going to hear about it in the coming weeks. We need to be a people that are better at loving than the world is at hating. How do we do this? I'm going to close with this. On my own, I look at that and say, I can't. There's just no way that I could... Did you see all those things in those baskets? I didn't even cover them all. I'm overwhelmed. How do, we, how do we live like this? Well, there's five words tucked right into the middle of this portion that I read that we probably missed. I'll be honest, the first time I read through it, I glanced right over it. These five words are this. Be fervent in the Spirit. Be fervent in the Spirit. What this means is we need to pursue the Holy Spirit and the power of God greater than ever because we can't do this on our own. This word fervent, if you look it up, it means a hot or boiling or red hot metal, a glow. My, my son loves to watch his show Forged in Fire. I don't know if, you, if you've seen that one. It's really interesting. I, I, I'm not a blacksmith, but now I'm like, maybe I should get into this. This looks cool. But what happens is they take this hard metal, hard cold steel, and they put it in the furnace, and it gets fire hot. It glows. And then what happens when it's glowing? It's soft. It's moldable. It's shapeable. And the blacksmith begins to shape it into a tool that's useful. Pound. Puts it on the anvil, and it starts to pound and shape it, sharpen it. And I believe, as, as Paul's talking about marks of a true Christian, he, he tucks that in there and says, listen, for you and I to do this in this coming year, we need to be aglow with the Holy Spirit in our lives. Every morning we need to crawl back into the furnace of the Holy Spirit saying, God, shape me, mold me today, soften me, that I'm not a hard chunk of steel that's going to hurt somebody, but I am a person of love. I'm a person who can mirror and, and shine the, the love of Jesus around me, that I can do what Paul has called us to do. Be a true Christian in a world that is very anti-Christian. The only way that we're going to live like this is if you and I begin to pursue the Holy Spirit in a greater way than we ever have before and every morning crawl on that furnace and say, Holy Spirit, melt me, mold me, soften me, that today I can live how you're calling me to live. Every day, every day I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. May the fruit of the Spirit First being love, grow in me. That's my challenge. That's what I'm going to challenge my family to. I'm going to look myself in the mirror every day and say, all right, today's the day. I'm going to do it again today. Regardless of what 2022 brings, I want to be marked as a true Christian to love, respect, speak boldly about my Savior. That's the challenge in this coming year. Are you in?
Try something. Do something. We're going to get the same challenge over the next several weeks, which I'm so excited about. But I believe that God is calling our church to a specific and very, very clear direction. This is what we're about. We're not going to be sidetracked by all these other things that are going to happen. We're not going to go the wrong track and fight the wrong battles. No, we're going to stay right here. Love God and love people. I'm not going to fight over the minor things. I'm going to live at peace and love others. And I'm going to let love be genuine here as we face this year. That's the challenge. And I'd ask and challenge you to grow with us in this coming year. As every day we become a little bit more like Jesus. Would you stand with me as I close? That's the challenge, but as I was praying, I want to pray over you and strength and the Holy Spirit would fill us to do this. But I also believe that as we look in this coming year, we're only on January 2nd, but we have a lot of days ahead of us. I believe in the power of speaking blessing over people. And before I pray and close, I want to take a moment and just speak that blessing from the book of Numbers over each of you, over your families for this coming year, over your health, over your relationships. I want to speak this over marriages, kids, your futures. I want to speak this over you. Then I'm going to pray. And then the band's going to lead us in that same blessing that I want you to sing and proclaim over your family, over your lives. The blessing is this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you and give you peace. Would you pray with me? Lord, God, I first have to say that I confess now, there's been some times in the last couple of years I might have gotten it wrong. Forgive me. But God, I pray that this would be a year for me, for my family, for this church, believers around the world in our community, that we'd understand the only way to change this community is through the love that has already changed it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God, may we be a people that stay on the right path, preaching the word of God and the love of Jesus everywhere we go. Set us on fire with your Holy Spirit. Shape us and mold us. God, if there be anybody in this room who does not yet know you, I pray that today would be a day that they'd bow their knee, bow their heart. God, come into our lives afresh and new. That this would be a year of salvation for somebody in this room, for a few people, for some in this room who need it. But God, I pray. I pray your blessing over this church, over our families, over our marriages, over our lives, our thought lives. God, may we not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Bless this year as we go forward and live for you. In Jesus' name. Now would you sing this with us and sing it over your family as we approach a new year.